0: Welcome to A Slob Comes Clean, the podcast. I'm Dana White. I blog almost every day as Noni over at aslobcomesclean.com. That's where I share my personal deslobification process. It's the story, the completely honest and never ending story of my own efforts to get my house under control, to um, get things out of chaos, and to get them into a place where my family can live comfortably. And as I do that, I share the truth about cleaning and organizing strategies that actually work in real life. Um, The good, the bad, and the ugly. So thanks for joining me today. Um, I do want to make sure that you know that um, my two ebook set, which includes 28 Days to Hope for Your Home, which is not for the mildly disorganized, which is basically, well, it is, it's a day-by-day guide over four weeks that will um, take you from a place of anywhere. I mean, from either being completely overwhelmed or just being from a place of I need focus. Oh my goodness. You know that every mom, even ones who used to be organized, um, gets to that point at some place. And it's just a way to get you focused on going from any level of messiness to feeling like, okay, I can keep my house under control. So it's four basic habits talks you through developing those habits over four weeks. Um, and then also drowning in clutter, uh, which is uh, decluttering strategies that I've learned from experience. Uh-huh. Uh, anyway, that two ebook set is on sale through the end of January, uh, 2015, for five dollars. Normally, they are five dollars a piece or eight dollars for the set. So, um, for the cost of one ebook, you get both. So that is the sale that's going on right now, and I don't want you to miss that. Um, this is podcast number. Let me make sure I get this right. Number forty-eight there is no podcast 45 in case you're wondering. I said that last week, but it's a little embarrassing, but somehow I just completely skipped that number. Um, anyway, I taught theater, so I don't worry too much about numbers, but, uh, so that, uh, this is podcast number 48 and this one is called how to deal with a hopelessly disorganized daughter. Right. Okay. So for the show notes for this, to get links to the post that goes along with it, which I'll talk about in a minute. And, um also links to that ebook set that is on sale, but it's also totally worth eight dollars if you're listening to this in the future. Um, you go to a slash podcasts with an S, and there you will find um, each of my podcasts listen- listed listed uh, to get to the show notes for that. If I have not updated it by the time you listen to this, which happens, um I promise it does exist. The show notes do exist. Uh, just go to the bottom and say see all the podcasts here and you'll be able to get to that pretty quickly. So, um, the other thing too, is, uh, go to aslobcomesclean.com slash connect to find me on all my social media channels, because I would love to connect with you all over the internet. All right. So I'm talking about how to deal with a hopelessly disorganized daughter. I wrote this post back in 2011, May of 2011. And it's actually a guest post that I wrote over on a site called homegrownmom.com. Um, and it was part of a 30 days of homemaking for girls. Um, Angela, who, uh, runs that site was in a little blogging group that I was in that has since kind of fallen to the wayside. and, And so I don't really know Angela anymore, but at the time we were, you know, we would be there and we would support each other and give feedback and ideas and whatever, um, anyway, and she was putting together this homemaking for girls, um, series that she was doing. And she just asked us, Hey, does anybody want to guest post within that? And I thought, okay. Um, is it okay? Cause I mean, Angela's like super pretty and just such a sweet lady. Um, but I, I just, I thought, well, you know, would you be interested? I know this is probably not what you were thinking, but would you be interested in, a post about how to deal with a hopelessly disorganized daughter. And she said, yes, I would love that. And so I wrote this. Um, When I first wrote the first draft, I don't remember exactly. I mean, come on, it was 2011. But it was um, thousands of words. I mean, it was so long because I felt like I had so much to say on this subject. Um, It was May of 2011. So I'd been blogging for almost two years at that point. So I was kind of at this strange place where um, I had been focusing on my own efforts to get my house under control. I had figured out a lot of things about myself. Uh, And so I was able to, you know, put those things in there. But the other thing that had happened, you know, this was before I wrote eBooks or gave any kind of instructional advice or anything like that. But one of the things that had happened as I was starting to gain a little bit of traction and get some readers and, you know, finding all these people who, surprisingly to me, I had no idea before I started the blog. Surprisingly to me, I had people who really related to my own struggles. Well, what had happened is I had, I would casually mention my mother because I just, I talk about everything in my life basically in relation to cleaning. And whenever I would mention either that my mom had come to my house, or that she had helped me do such and such, or she'd helped me take down wallpaper, or she'd been here to spend the night or, you know, things that she had, you know, done in my childhood to try to help me or, you know, whatever. You know, I mean, I always painted her in a very positive light, because I'm very thankful to have a great mother, you know, anyway, um, but what would happen is I would say something about my mother and then I would get comments or sometimes even emails from people. And this makes me really sad, but from people who didn't have that experience with their own mother. And so I hadn't realized how incredibly blessed I was to have the specific mother that I have, especially in regards to this particular struggle that I have in life. Um, So as you know, it it makes me very sad. I mean, I, there are a lot of people who read my blog who this was the deal breaker in their relationship with their mother, um, that they, they don't have a relationship with their mother anymore, or maybe they do, but it's strained over this issue. And, you know, there's mothers who are not allowed into their adult daughter's homes because, this is such a huge source of stress in their relationship. So I wrote this post, not as an instructional thing of look what I've done right as a mother, but instead, from the perspective of the daughter with a mother who I really believe, did it right. Now to the mother who struggles to, uh, you know, who, who feels that she's a failure, because her daughter is disorganized, you know, maybe Maybe that person wouldn't consider my mother a success in this because she didn't cure me or fix me, obviously. Um, But ultimately, and I'll talk about this at the end, but ultimately it's about the relationship. I mean, if there's one thing that I have learned over the years, it's that of this dislobification process, it's that people matter, not stuff. That has come into play in me being willing to get rid of a whole lot of stuff because I'd rather enjoy the people around me, but it also affects the um, relationship that I have with my children. When I, I mean, you know, here I am, what is it? The pot calling the kettle black. I don't know. You know, basically I get frustrated over my kids' messy rooms when, oh my word, you don't even want to see mine right now. You know, so it, it's, but ultimately the, if I've learned anything else, it's that, that people matter. You know, my relationship with my husband is way more important than whether or not he's willing to get rid of mad magazines from the 1970s and 80s. You know, I mean, that, that I would much rather have my husband than not have those magazines. Does that make sense? Okay. So I'm going to go ahead and talk through uh, just some of the things that I wrote in this post. And I'm going to link to this over on um, the show notes for this podcast number 48. Uh, Basically, um, the number one thing that I recommend, and this is a lot from, um, from my own deslobification process, my own, you know, journaling of my own struggles and efforts to get my house under control and myself figured out and to change the way that I handle my home. Um, over time I realized, you know, being a slob is, is part of who I am. Okay. I've talked before in other podcasts and I always say this when I speak that, you know, being a slob using that word slob was a big deal. I did not want to use that word when I first started blogging. It's a horrible word. I'd never called myself that before. I'd actually many times said, it's not like I'm a slob, you know? Um, but I was glad I used that word. Number one, I stopped making excuses because that's such a horrible word. What else is there to pretend like it's not that bad? Um, but secondly, because I started to see that this is who I am. It's not oh she's a slob she can't change but the point is the reason my house is this way is because of how my brain works because of how I see the world I'm a creative person I throw myself into projects and let everything else go around me which means I can really do amazing huge projects but you know the day to day just completely falls behind and then it becomes this huge overwhelming mess and um so it's it's that realizing this is part of just how I am and who I am okay so the advice to a mother is to determine, is this a heart issue or a head issue? Because sometimes it's a heart issue. And let me explain. A heart issue is what I'm talking about being, you know, an attitude problem or, you know, something where somebody is specifically trying, you know, to be a certain way or do a certain thing. Um, you know, is your daughter trying to get under your skin? As a mom, we have to step back and take these things. This is part of my parenting philosophy, but you know, one of my biggest things, one of my biggest reasons why I wanted to be a stay at home mom specifically was I wanted to know my children inside and out. I wanted to know what made them tick. I wanted to know what got under their skin. I wanted to know what, what made them happy, what made them sad. You know, I wanted to be able to really study my children and know them because that I feel is the biggest gift my mother gave me is she really knew me. So when I needed to be sad, I could be sad around her. When I needed to be excited, she was excited for me because she really paid attention. And this is part of her personality. She pays attention to these kinds of things, but you know, she really paid attention to who I was. And so I felt very at home and I want to be that for my children. I want to be that place where they feel like they can totally be themselves. Um, So, you know, if I'm a student of my child's heart, I have to go, even though this thing seems like surely this person is doing this to get under my skin, you know, I have to stay, take a step back and say, is that what's really going on? Is this something that they're trying to be disobedient? You know, are th- are they not making their bed because they said, you know what, I'm not going to make my bed. I don't care what my mother says. I'm not going to make my bed. Or is it a head issue where they truly just don't even notice that the bed is unmade. They truly just get up and start thinking about what they're going to do that day. And it never occurs to them that oh, some people make their beds. Hmm. You know, so I think it's just that knowing which one it is. You know, looking at it from that perspective of it's not always personal. And I think, you know, sometimes my husband and I have this conversation. Um for one of one of the things, and I think I've shared this before, but he um he and I do every anniversary in June, we do a um journal like a journal of that year. And oh, he loves it. <laughs> no, he really is okay with it. But anyway, it's my thing. I know, but we do this journal and we talk about you know things we've learned about each other and things that we've, um, you know, trips that we took that year and things that were difficult that year, but things that were great that year. And times we really, you know, funny things that our kids said, so we don't forget all of them, but, um, you know, just things that from that past year, well, one of the things, the thing that's always the hardest now, 15 years later is things we've learned about each other. And so we really, you know, get pretty, deep and all that kind of stuff. But one of the things he said, I think it was two or three years ago. So, you know, what he'd seen me really trying to work on our house is he said, you know, I, I've realized he goes, and please don't take this the wrong way. Okay. So, but I realized that it, it really is like, there's something wrong with you. <laughs> and I totally knew what he was saying, but he was basically saying, it's not, he goes, I really used to think, I really used to take it personally when you left the cabinet doors open, you know, and when the dishes weren't done, you know, I took it personally as a, why is she not doing this? You know, but over time and learning more about me and knowing me better. And part of that is just from, you know, the whole blogging process for me and figuring that out about myself. He's realized this is just who I am. It's, it's, you know, and knowing that helped him not take it personally, which then helped our relationship. And when I, you know, I had somebody leave a comment years ago and it said that some kind of psychological thing, I don't know, I'm sure I'm misquoting this, but something, you know, psychological wise or counseling wise or whatever, is that people don't start to make progress until they feel like they're accepted as they already are. I don't know if that's like full on definition for everything, but it, Oh my word, it makes so much sense to me when I feel like somebody doesn't get who I am and they don't accept me for who I am. I have no desire to change. And and that is, I know that's me being bratty. And I think we're all that way to a degree, but it's like, you know what, you got to accept me for who I am. And then when I feel accepted, then I'm like, you know what, I want to be better. And I want to, I want to improve and all this, but it really is this crazy thing. So trying to figure out with your kid, taking a step back, stop taking it personally and say, what is going on here? Because if it's a heart issue, And it truly is a, no, I am not going to make my bed. Well, then obviously that becomes a discipline issue. And there's things that need to be, you know, addressed discipline wise. But if it's not a heart issue and it's a head issue, then it needs to have a different approach. Okay. Um, help her find, this is the second thing, help her find methods that work for her. Okay. Um, I, talked to my mother before I wrote this post. And I said, you know, how did you deal with my mess messiness? Um, she talked about several different strategies. She started naming off things like, you know, incentives. I do remember, I think I was about in seventh grade and I had to keep my room clean for six weeks in a row every single day. And then I got a, like a, I mean, it was a five inch black and white television to go in my room. And I did it. I did it for six weeks, you know, and I think she was thinking, well, if she can do it for six weeks. Surely it'll stick. Well, it didn't. Um, you know, but she, other than that, I don't have recollections of these methods that she used. I do remember her setting a timer at different times or whatever, you know, but she, she has all these different things that she tried. I don't even remember them, but do try, keep trying anyway. Okay. and, and when you're looking at it as your, her brain is possibly different than yours, um, then that has to hopefully bring you to a point where you say, you know what, that method didn't work and that's okay. The one method failing doesn't mean you failed as a mother, okay? It just means you need to try a different method. And that is the same way that I've made progress in my own home, is I've just tried a method until I find one that works. You know, I just started doing the dishes. I didn't know the very best way to do the dishes. I didn't research it. I just said, you know what? Cause I'd done all the research before and failed at that, you know, supposedly. Um, but I just started doing the dishes and over time I started to figure out what works for me, you know? So what can you focus on one thing at a time? If it's making the bed that makes you the most bonkers and crazy, then work on the bed, help her with the bed, get that until that's no longer a battle. Then add another task, like putting clothes in the hamper instead of on the floor, whatever, you know, but focus on those things the same way that I recommend that people like me, remember I was this disorganized daughter, that people like me work on their own homes, you know, our own homes. Next, make it clear that you appreciate her wonderful qualities, more than you agonize over her frustrating ones. I think this was the difference between my relationship with my mother and the relationships that have been broken over the same issue. Um, Yes, I had no doubt in my mind that my messy room made my mother crazy. I mean, of course it did. But she didn't let that affect her focus on good qualities and things that she loved about me. So I mean, my mother was my biggest cheerleader, my biggest supporter. And, you know, she didn't, you know, sometimes I know, sometimes it feels like a control thing. We're like, well, I don't want to say anything good, even when there is something good to say, because then that will somehow diminish what I've tried to say about the negative thing. I know that that's a normal thing that goes, but she just made a conscious decision to focus on my great things. And at the same time, yes, of course, these things drove her crazy. Now here's the next one that I do recommend the most, and I'm the most thankful for. And that is teach housekeeping skills. I had a roommate in college. She's a very, very dear friend, um, who, um, had a, her own experience with an extra messy mother. I'm not going to go into too many details here because it's her personal story. Um, which I'm hoping she's going to write a guest post for me at some point. Um, but she, came to college, not knowing how to clean. Okay. So we were roommates at, at different, I guess just in an apartment, but anyway, I taught her how to clean because I knew how to clean. I knew how to follow a recipe. I knew how to scrub out a sink. I knew how to clean a shower. I knew how to do laundry. I knew how to do all these things. Um, even though I didn't have the, um, the routines down, you know, even though my friend was a 10,000 bajillion times, um, neater and cleaner, you know, everything was, she did it so much, you know, she kept things under control way better than I ever did. My side of the room was this big old pile of dirty clothes and her side of the room was all neat and put away and great, you know, but I, I think she knew how to do laundry, but, um, but as far as like, I remember when we cleaned our apartment, when we first moved in there, I was teaching her how to do it. So I had the skills, I you know even though and that's where I have teaching kids to clean, which is another ebook that you know my big thing is teach your kids these cleaning skills, teach them how to clean a bathroom so so they don't feel completely overwhelmed. They're not going to remember every little detail, but they're not going to feel like, well, I don't know what to do, okay? So that when they make their own decisions at some point in their life, because they're going to have to do that, then they're going to have those skills to draw on. Okay? So I'm very thankful that I had that uh you know, those skills that my mother had taught me. Here's the biggest one. Okay? And this is the only thing where I I mean I'm not saying my mother did something wrong. I'm just saying the only thing that I maybe wish would have been different. And that is, I've said before, my mother and I have very different clutter thresholds. My mother, child of the child of depression era parents and just You know, excessively resourceful anyway. Um, She believes that you have to have everything you could ever need for any situation that ever may occur in your entire life, and you better have it right now so you'll be ready. But she can also keep that amount of stuff under control. I cannot keep that stuff under control. So I inherited this belief that I had to have everything I was going to need for the next 10 years, and I better go ahead and have it, but I didn't inherit the ability to keep it under control. So that's my main advice. That's my advice with kids room is keep on decluttering, keep on getting rid of stuff until you reach the point where they can more easily keep it under control. Okay. Less stuff equals more control. I can't, if they have this personality like I have, then most likely they need to have fewer things. I know things just pile up and keep on coming somehow, some way, I don't know. Uh, but that would be the, the number one thing as a mother, when you, can control it, control the amount of stuff that, that they have to deal with. Um, next do what you can and leave the rest to her and God. I mean, really, this is, this is what's tough, you know, do what you can fight the fight, you know, work on routines and rules and, and, you know, help, help with things that, you know, you can do, um, teach her how to clean bathrooms, make her clean the bathrooms um but someday it's going to be her house and she's going to be the one who has to figure out how it's going to work in her life whether she's a full-time working mom or a full-time stay-at-home mom or you know or a single or you know whatever it is that she chooses it's going to be her decision that she makes how her house is going to run and she's going to have to figure that out on her own just like we've all had to figure that out on our own so give her all the equipment that you can give her and work but then just go you know what ultimately it's her decision And I think this is one of those things that my mom does really great. You know, she treats me like an adult. Like, you know what? It's my house. And yeah. So the next thing is going to kind of go into that. But the main thing is do not sacrifice the relationship over this issue. Um, I'm going to read this one word for word. The thing I am most grateful to my... Sorry. The thing I am most... Oh my goodness. Wow. I am awesome at podcasting. Oh my word. Sorry. Don't sacrifice the relationship. This is the thing I am most grateful to my own mother for. Yes. My loosey goosiness frustrated her. My constantly messy room surely made her question her sanity and mothering ability, but she never rejected me. She never allowed the state of my room to determine her expressions of love for me. When we talked about this post, she said she clearly remembers a time when I was 13. Side note, I don't remember this time. But anyway, we were having typical mother-daughter issues. I stood in the door of my room and behind me was one big mess. She decided in that moment that the state of my bedroom wasn't going to be our deal breaker. She made a constant, a conscious decision to no longer fight the battle Because it wasn't worth the relationship. I can say with full confidence that this was a wise decision on her part. It's not that she quit trying. But she changed from the, your room should be clean because I'm your mother and I say so tactic. To more of a, wouldn't it be great if you could find your purple shoes? How about we come up with a way to keep things neater in here method. She's always willing to help me find and try a new organizing solution. Even today, I call her when I need help or advice. And I know she'll be on my side. And I moving back into me just talking, I know that that moment was really important, because I do call on my mother when I need help. My mom used to, doesn't really anymore. And a lot of that is because I hopefully don't need it quite as much, but she would come in and she would work and she would organize things for me. That's one of the reasons I know that a professional organizer is really not the solution to my problem. Um, she was my organizer and she would come in and she would get things under control, but she was always trying to help me. Hey, you know, maybe this will help. Or she would buy me some organizing thing. You know, she was always trying to help. Um, sometimes it worked. Sometimes it didn't, but that was her way of not ignoring the problem, but continuing our relationship. And the last thing is, don't forget that one day time with your daughter will be rare and precious. I have one daughter. I have two boys. I have one daughter. That relationship with my daughter, I, I can't even express the specialness of that. It's the same with the boys, but it's different when you have a daughter. I mean, there's just such that she's such the little me in so many ways. And then so not me. So her own person in other ways. Um, personally, I want to be a welcome guest in her home. I don't want her to ever dread me coming. I never dread my mother coming. Um, I try to pick up, but I know that, you know what, if she just shows up, we're all good. Everything's fine. I also know that a lot of times she'll like, you know, clean some things for me, which is great. I I like that. But I think that the reason I'm willing to do that, as opposed to people who don't want their mother touching their home is because of that relationship that we have maintained over the years. And I've felt supported and I've felt that she understood me. And I felt that she, she, you know, was always, looking at it from how could she help me? Not from how could she change me? So, um, I hope that whatever stage of life you're in, whether you're the daughter who maybe didn't experience this as a mother, I mean, wait, didn't experience this with your mother. Um, you know, that I don't know other than to know that it's not worth your relationship with her either. To let this continue to be a thing, you know, it maybe needs to be something that's ignored. Um, I know that's easier said than done, um, you know. But maybe you're the the mother who gets so frustrated over your daughter. Or there was one other thing that I was going to say that was really profound, and it's completely left my brain now. But I do have to go because I have to pick up my kids from school. Um, but thanks for listening. And, um, I would love to hear your story. Um, if you ever need, you know, have ideas for podcasts or questions that you want to ask. Um, this is a question that I get a lot. How do I deal with my child? Who's so messy? Well, this is how, although I'm not sure this is exactly what people are looking for when they ask that question, but, um, you can always email me questions at a slob comes clean at gmail.com and uh find us over at com, and join in the conversation in the podcast notes and um thanks for listening and i will see you next week bye